Network presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here for week seven. We're seven weeks into the football season. This is uh, hovering close to the, uh, I, I guess this would be halfway point, uh, a little bit over the halfway point, uh, you know. Uh, I, I guess uh, we got 17 games instead of 16 games, so I guess next week is sort of the halfway point. So uh, I guess we're uh, about uh, a quarter and some change uh, through the season this week. Interesting week in week seven here. Um, this should be a fun finding five mutuals here. Um, the only thing I could say is we just take every one of those large spreads and uh, know we're at least going to win a couple of them. Oh man, it's it, it looks like a rough slate of games this week. Uh, now we don't really take money lines, but uh, hint, I took a lot of money lines. <laughs> All right, so let's kick things off with the uh, entertaining matchup that is the Washington Football Team versus the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers, speaking of big spreads, are eight point favorites at home here. The total sits at forty eight and a half. First half is a four and a half point spread for the Green Bay Packers. Total sits at uh, twenty four and a half here. You know this pretty much game sums up the week here. Bad team going to a good team, and it's I, I don't think the outcome is too, too much in doubt, but uh, can they cover the eight? Uh, the Packers have traditionally been a team that uh, does not really like to cover these large spreads. They tend to get up on teams and then let the teams back in the game in the fourth quarter and then win this out. So uh, how do you see this game playing out here? I mean, it's pretty obvious. I think that at least 99% of the country would assume that Green Bay is going to win this game. Uh, the issue becomes, can they cover that spread? Um, and it's a little concerning to me because, as we've seen, even though Green Bay you know, has won plenty of games so far this season, they haven't made it easy on themselves. Uh, defensively, they haven't really been showing up, and it's really been up to that offense uh, to put up enough points to, to come out on top. And as I mentioned, even though they pulled off wins uh, – it's been a little too close for comfort in my opinion. Um, not the type of green Bay team that I expected coming into the season, but you know, they're still winning games and they're taking care of business. But again, the question is, can they cover the spread? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it, uh, uh, Money-wise, I looked at the money line splits, and uh, surprisingly enough, ticket-wise, it's uh, 72% uh, Green Bay, uh, 28% Washington. Uh, but then you look at the actual cash uh, that is wagered on the two, and it's 96% uh, Green Bay, uh, 4% Washington. So it uh, seems like a lot of people are taking $1 and $2 and putting them on the Washington football team, and uh, then everybody else is just throwing large sums of money on Green Bay money line uh but you know i i can't even talk myself in to washington here on the uh you know the eight points the only thing that i would do was because it was eight points i mean washington's defense has been really really poor i don't know if their offense is capable of sort of generating enough points to catch that backdoor cover i mean we saw it last week versus the chiefs uh, and and that was a home game. It wasn't going to Green Bay. So, you know, I can't convince myself to take that side of the thing where I'm like, yeah, let's just take Washington, ride those eight points. Uh, Green Bay uh, doesn't tend to cover these large spreads, but I, I'm like, 
Washington defense has been so bad, I don't know if they can get stops versus Green Bay. Washington's offense has been so bad, I don't think they can backdoor cover this. You flip things around to the other side of things, and the problem comes if Green Bay wants to cover this spread, they'll cover this spread. They'll win, you know, 30-15 if they want to like the Chiefs did, or they'll win, you know, uh, 24-17, and we get a, a, an annoying uh, loss on that. So I, I just really can't handicap this uh, game overall. You switch to the over-under, and even that number, I, I don't really love. 48-and-a-half, you know, that's asking Green Bay to score a lot of points, probably at least 30 uh because I, I think you probably cap the Washington football team in and around 17 to 20 points for this game. Uh, so to hit that number at 48 and a half, you know, it, they'd have to hit 30. And then you flip things over to the underside of things. Uh, Green Bay can pretty much score what they want, judging from what we've seen from the Washington football team. So I want no side of that. So uh, any other thoughts on this game? You think you can find some way to throw this in here? Or is this just a... Uh, Let's cross this puppy off. Well, you know, the issue becomes uh, when you look at the slate of games for this week, and we have some very, very large spreads, uh, both for home teams and for road favorites, uh, which is a little concerning, especially with all the teams on by. So uh, it's going to be very slim picking. So I think that this is one of those that we we have to find something to put on the maybe column. Um, and I was leaning more towards the under on it. I know that you're yeah. a little hesitant on it, but the way I've looked at it is, you know, Washington's given up at least 30 points per game over the last four games. Uh, and Green Bay, although they haven't really shown up defensively, I don't think that's as big of a concern because Washington's offense hasn't really been humming. Yes, you know, Heineken has been playing a little bit better, but I don't think he's done enough to, to really instill any fear in me that he can put up 20, 24 points, you know, with his football team. So I think that we have to, take something out of each of these games and put him on the maybe column. Cause I can tell you right now, we're going to have a really hard time coming up with five for five. Uh, so I, I think that, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think from this particular game, the most attractive feature for me is definitely the under and in, uh, in that over under. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you ask me to like force a bet on this game, I, I think I would be under on that total. The other one I might look at is first half, four and a half for Green Bay, maybe, uh, because they do tend to jump out to those, you know, big leads. Uh, but uh, that being said, it would probably be more of a first quarter uh, Green Bay bet than a first half Green Bay bet that I would like there. So, you know, I, I think you're right. We should probably find something to put away uh, for each of these games. Since we're both, uh, I don't think we're in love with it, but uh, I'd say we're in agreement on uh, if we were betting on anything in this game, it'd probably be the under. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm putting it down the maybe column just for, uh, you know, just for the heck of it. We'll see what happens. Obviously, like I said, a lot of these games are going to be really hard to, to really uh, predict. So I, I think we just set up a separate list and then we can just make up our minds later. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, uh, we'll move on to, uh, I'd say this is probably the biggest game of the weekend, at, at least the best matchup of two teams that we know are good football teams, uh, probably depending on your take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but, 
Kansas City Chiefs go to the Tennessee Titans here. Uh, I, I was really shocked the spread was this high. I mean, they just don't want people betting on the Chiefs ever. Um, you know, Kansas City going to Tennessee, four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Tennessee. Uh, total sits at 57-and-a-half here. First half is minus three. Total sits at 28-and-a-half here. Uh, this should be a really uh, entertaining game. I I'm guessing there are going to be points scored in uh, this puppy here, uh, considering both teams' uh, defensive liabilities. Uh, you know, this breakdown, pretty easy. Uh Tennessee Titans are going to be able to run the ball with Derrick Henry on this Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh, do they run the ball with the measure of keeping the ball, or do they run the ball uh, trying to hit explosive plays and handing Kansas City Chiefs the ball back on the offensive side of things? Because uh, my guess is the Titans aren't going to be able to cover uh, you know, Tyreek Hill and Kelsey in this game, so they might hit him back. Uh, how does this game play out? Or does Tennessee just go, uh, you know, let's shoot this puppy out and uh, see where the chips may lie here? You know, this is another one of those games that I had a really hard a hard time handicapping and basically came down to gut feelings with this. Um, when I was looking at this, Chiefs, their three losses this season so far have been against divisional uh, leaders, um, and Tennessee just happens to be one of those. Uh, but, you know, Derrick Henry is a monster, man. He's he's currently at 780-something yards, um, which I believe is more yards than 26 of the 32 NFL teams, which is pretty crazy when you start thinking about it, um, especially when you consider the fact that a lot of these teams, they're combining the rushing yards between, you know, all the other guys. So he's having a great season. Um, the issue with Tennessee is that, Tennessee's not the type of team that's going to try and control the ball by running the, you know, by running uh, just a running attack. They use their running attack to make big plays and score. And you saw it last week against, you know, uh, who did they play Baltimore? Uh, Tennessee. Sorry, Tennessee. Yeah. Buffalo. So I'm th I don't know why I'm thinking of Baltimore, um, but you saw, you saw it last week when, when Derrick Henry just, he kept breaking off these big runs. Um, one thing they, if the Tennessee Titans happen to play close to what they played to last week defensively, um, I think it'll make for a much better matchup. The issue then becomes, I don't think that the Chiefs are built like the Bills. Um, the Bills have had issues so far this season with their uh, goal line, uh, their red zone, you know, scoring percentage. And the Chiefs don't tend to have that type of issue. Uh, the Chiefs tend to be a really high-scoring offense. So, you know, all that stuff gives me a little bit of pause. Uh, again, to me, this is one of those games where we have to pick something in this game and just put it in the maybe column because uh, it's hard to really think. I could totally see Tennessee win this game, by the way. Yeah, uh, uh, so could I. But, you know, it, it's hard for me to pick against the Chiefs uh, on any given Sunday. Yeah, you know, the numbers on this are, are just, you know, bad. Uh, you look at the Kansas City defense, uh, 31st ranked in total DVOA on the defensive side of the ball. You're like, oh, maybe we have an advantage there. You look at Tennessee's defense, 28th total DVOA on that side of the ball. Then you look on the, uh, like, maybe we can find something in the first half uh, that gives it to us. You know, Kansas City's offense in the first half is ranked number three. Tennessee's defense is ranked number 23. So you're like, oh, maybe there's an advantage there uh, to be had. But then you look at Kansas City's defense in the first half, it's 32nd. So they have the worst defense in the first half uh, of any team in football. 
I, I will say the only thing I can sort of see is Tennessee's offense is ranked 24th overall in the first half in these. Maybe. Uh, you saw it last week versus Buffalo. They didn't really get going until that uh, second half. Maybe there's a first half line of Kansas City Chiefs here, but I don't really like that. Total 57 and a half. Yeah, I think this game's going to be a shootout, uh, but I, I think the only way Tennessee can win this game is by keeping the ball out of Kansas City's hands. Uh, so they might just be running Derrick Henry uh, six, seven, eight yards a pop, eating all that clock, and not really pushing the pace on this game to let this game get to 60 points. Whereas uh, the, like, Average yards per play might be ridiculously high in this game, but the point total might be low because the time of possession is being, you know, soaked up by all Tennessee. I, I mentioned the first half, Kansas City minus three. <coughs> I just don't like taking road first half teams favored unless it's, you know, a, a really, really lopsided matchup. Uh, so I don't think that number's in our way. Uh, and then the first half total at 28 and a half, uh, at uh, at almost 30. <laughs> I mean, that's uh that's essentially saying every possession somebody's scoring points here, usually touchdowns. Listen, I saw some stats somewhere. Uh I think it was on nfl.com um and it said the Chiefs and the Titans are have allowed over 26 points per game and over 375 yards per game uh this season and only two teams in history have made the playoffs after starts like that. Um, and one of them was the last year's, uh, last year's Titans and the 1970 chiefs. So both teams giving up a lot of points, giving up a lot of yards. Uh, but both teams also have a history of making the playoffs after doing so. So, uh, kind of crazy. I, I really have a hard time, probably one of the hardest games to really predict, um, this week for me. Yeah, definitely so. I, I just sort of wanted no part of any of this. I, I just thought it was, you know, I, I think if they'd give me Chiefs pick them, I probably would have ridden there. But I, I just don't like the fact that the uh, Chiefs are favored when you got Buffalo or uh, Tennessee coming off a win at Buffalo. Uh, they tend to play better in these high leverage games than, uh, you know, games for slower level teams. Uh, but. I also want no part of uh, taking against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in a spread that's this, uh, you know, low as well. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, I just don't know what to do to this game. Uh, I know we said we were probably going to put one thing in the bank and every one, but uh, I don't know what side to see here in the bank uh, unless you got something that you're seeing. Uh, no, uh, I mean, other than there was some stat I read somewhere, um, and it had to do with Travis Kelsey. I'm trying to recall what it said. Um, what was, I, I think that it was, it has something to do about his performance versus the Titans. And I think that he's had under 75 yards in each game, uh, that he's played against the Tennessee Titans. So, uh, they've really found a way to kind of, you know, hold him back. Although 75 yards for a Titan is still pretty good, yeah. but we're talking about Travis Kelsey. So it seems like such a shock that he's being held under hundred yards. Yeah, I, I also think uh, in the past uh, they tended to man up those wide receivers and <laughs> they've taken care of uh, that problem. But uh, th they've been playing a little bit more zone uh, this season, so maybe uh, that has something. But everybody's basically just setting the uh, 
you know, two deep shell versus the Chiefs and sort of uh, said, why don't you run 25 plays to get your score instead of, you know, uh, running two. So I assume Tennessee probably will adopt the same system and sit in, you know, a, a two deep shell and try not to get beat over the top uh, by their playmakers. So uh, I think we just pass on this one, uh, you know, uh, we got a barn burner of a game. Uh, next up, uh, Atlanta Falcons versus the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Two and a half for the Miami Dolphins here. Total at 47 and a half. First half is, uh, you know, a, a pick them with the uh, tie uh, on the Miami side. Uh, total 23 and a half in the first half here. Uh, this is a really bad football game. <laughs> That's uh, pretty much how I can sum this up. Uh I do have a pick on this one. I, I'm leaning Dolphins plus two and a half at home. Uh, but, uh, you know, there are some things going against me here. Um, you know, Atlanta's coming off a bye. Uh, Miami's coming off a trip to London. Now, Atlanta was in London uh, the game before this, but they did have that bye. Miami's the only team uh, that's going to come off of London and not uh, have their bye. Uh, so that gives me a little bit of pause. Uh, as bad as Miami was last week, they were in position to win that game until they sort of melted down. I thought Tua looked a little bit better in this game. And uh, as of right now, uh, theoretically, uh, Devontae Parker is on uh, pace to play in this game. So uh, we might be able to get at least a Jalen Waddle Devontae Parker, uh, you know, uh, pairing here at wide receiver. You know... I lean a little bit Miami here, but uh, I'm curious your thoughts on this one. Yeah, when I was looking at this game, I, I I had a little bit of a feeling that this was definitely the type of matchup that the Dolphins could kind of start, you know, do, uh, feeling good about um, because you're playing against a pretty porous defense. Uh, granted, I know that a lot of people are probably going to go with uh, – Atlanta in this game simply because they had an extra week of preparation. Um, and then we saw that devastating loss last week, you know, across the pond for the Dolphins. Um, but then as I was looking at some of the stats, you know, the Dolphins have only scored more than 20 points one time this season. And that was in an overtime game. Um, as you mentioned, there's a chance that they get one of their wide receivers back, which I'm sure would be a huge help, but I don't know. I, this is really more of a gut feeling. Uh, I, I think that, you know, the Dolphins might might be able to sneak away with the win here. Um, and, and I've got really nothing to back it up more than, you know, other than just a gut feeling. Um, I Again, this is a really tough week to, to really plan out. I, I don't know how we're going to get to five games. Yeah, uh, you said it. Uh, this is a gut feeling uh, game because I, I cannot give you, oh, I think the Dolphins are going to get deep here and make explosive plays uh, considering they have not done that for six weeks. I can't say, oh, I think the Dolphins are going to be able to run the ball in Atlanta uh, because they haven't even tried to run the ball for the previous three weeks. And, and then you dive deep into like uh, their total DVOA. Miami is 28, Atlanta is 32. Uh, on the offensive side of things, Miami is 30 in total DVA on, on offense. Atlanta is 29 in total DVA on offense. Then you're like, oh, maybe they're defensive teams. Atlanta, total defense and total DVOA is 30. Miami's defense is 26. Uh, these are just really, really bad uh, football teams here. Uh, probably trying to handicap uh, this game is stupid uh, overall. Um, 
But like you said, I, I just have a, a little bit of a gut feeling that Miami maybe gets back on track here, finds something, and they can win this game, and uh, they're getting plus at home. I, I, you know, I, I don't know what a home field advantage here is, but uh, I do think home dog, uh, I think Miami's a better team. I think this is as good as we can probably do on this kind of week. Now, before we move on from this game, I got a couple of things that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, first, this, I don't know how much confidence this is going to build in your gut feeling, uh, but the Dolphins are the only team in the NFL that ranks in the bottom five um, in scoring offense and in points given up on defense. Uh, I don't know if that, if that gives you a bigger confidence boost or not. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is, uh, I sent you a text earlier this week uh, when I started hearing the rumors about uh, a potential Deshaun Watson trade to the Dolphins. Um, I, I haven't heard much more from it, but if that were the case, do you think this moves the Dolphins into, uh, you know, a, I guess a more competitive uh, role in that division? Or do you think this is just uh, all glitz and glamour? Yeah, I think it's a lot of chatter and, uh, you know, maybe – uh, when this nonsense started, you know, in July, it might have affected him. But I, I think it's been going on so long, and, and I don't think the Dolphins care one way or the other. They just ignore it. You know, uh, Flores said in his press conference today, uh, Tua is our QB. And, you know, like I've said, uh, uh, you know, a handful of other times, you know, Watson is not suspended, technically speaking, but he is suspended. So, you know... All this talk of, you know, Watson being traded and then suiting up and going out there. The second a team activates him, the NFL is going to suspend him. They aren't going to let him play with 23 uh, sexual assault allegations, uh, you know, pending. That's just... Now, if it was 22, that'd be a different story, right? <laughs> I, I think so. But that's what I mean. I Everybody floats these rumors and then they throw up the, oh, well, he, he's not technically suspended. I'm like, well, yeah. But the NFL has basically said, we aren't going to do anything as long as he's not actively playing and we don't have to put him front and center on TV. So, I, I mean, even that part of like the trade rumors, I'm like, even if they were to make that trade, Watson's not playing this season anyway. So, and not just that. What do you have to give up to get him? Yeah. Uh, well, because I, I I know there's all those issues with him, you know, right now with the allegations of sexual misconduct. But you know, we saw what the asking price was for him prior to the you know all these things popping up, and I can't for the life of me assume that the asking price has gone down. Uh, so. I think you would have to give up Tua and, and probably some other sort of compensation, which the with, as you mentioned, the fact that he's more than likely going to get suspended at some point, I don't think it's worth it, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, you know, how much better would the Dolphins be uh, this season with Deshaun Watson? What are they, two wins instead of one win? Uh, you know, their receivers have been terrible. Uh their defense has been awful, which is the main problem. I, I know people think, you know, Fitz Magic won a lot of those games last year, uh, but it was the Dolphins defense, defense. that won the football yep. games last year. Uh, Fitz just, you know, didn't screw things up. So, you know, maybe they're two wins, maybe they're three wins, but they're still a bad football team with Deshaun Watson in there or not. And then basically you're sacrificing 
you know, your future with three first-round picks. So basically, Watson goes from a bad situation into the Texans that have no, you know, first-round picks and no way of building into the Dolphins who sacrifice their future and have no way of building and uh, becoming good either. Uh, so, you know, I it, it just seems, you know, if we were talking about Deshaun Watson going to the Steelers, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe my eyes perk up a little bit here. Or he gets traded to the Seattle Seahawks. Maybe my eyes perk up a little bit here. Or the 49ers. You know, teams that are built to sort of win now. Um, I, I'm not quite sure the Miami Dolphins are built to win now unless uh, you've seen something that I haven't seen in the uh, past uh, six weeks. Well, listen, seeing as how you're probably the biggest Dolphins fan I know, I, I just had to ask. I know we spent way too much time already on this game and these two teams, but I, I just had to ask. Yeah, I I, the, I get that Watson's an upgrade over Tua. Watson's literally an upgrade over 95% of the QBs in the league. Uh, but if your team's not good, much like the Texans team isn't good, it, it doesn't really matter. It's, you know, a tree falling in the forest when no one's around. It's sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I just sort of ignore it. One bad team trading assets to another bad team for more fake assets. It's just like, okay, uh, talk to me when you have talent and are winning football games. All right. Uh, next up, uh, another barn burner of a game. <laughs> New York Jets, New England Patriots. Uh, somehow the New England Patriots are favored by seven points here in this one. Um, I, I'm not quite sure what the New England Patriots have shown to win by seven. Uh, last time they played a crappy team, they had to make a desperate fourth quarter comeback versus the Houston Texans to uh, win that game. So uh, Patriots minus seven, total sits at 42 and a half. First half total, three and a half. Uh, uh, first half total, 21 and a half. First half spread, three and a half here. Um, I, I don't know what to do with this. There's zero <laughs> chance I'm taking a New England Patriot team minus seven when they their best game is probably that loss to Dallas last week. And uh, they got shredded for about 600 yards of offense in that one. So, uh, you know, um, I... I if I had to take something, I'd probably just take the points and lean a little bit Jets coming off a bye. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's not like I trust the Jets' offense to score enough points there. Um, overall, I think the best unit on the field is probably the Jets' defense, but the worst unit on the field is probably the Jets' offense here. Uh, so do you have a side here? Are you seeing something in this game that you like? <laughs> Not really, but a couple of things that I was looking at when I was trying to make a decision. Uh, Mac Jones currently leads the league in uh, completion percentage, I believe, for all rookie quarterbacks. Um, the Patriots are 12 and 0, I believe, when facing a rookie quarterback at home uh, in the Bell Belichick era. Era. Um, so <laughs> I don't know what you make of those, you know, weird. Uh, They've also lost stats. four games at home this year. So. I, I will say this. I will say this. Even though the Patriots defense has not been playing up to the standard that we expect a Bill Belichick defense to play, the offense has been looking a little bit better. It seems like Mac Jones starting to find his rhythm uh, and, you know, starting to really take control of that offense. Um, unfortunately for him, 
he just doesn't have a lot of really good weapons. He's got a few, you know, dropsies Algalar. Yeah, you know, it just I wish he had like a, you know, a big big weapon that he could just just throw it up to, you know, whenever he was in danger, but unfortunately he doesn't have that. Um but the Jets, you look at the way the Jets have been playing on offense, they probably have one of the worst offenses in the league right now. Um I don't know what, you know, the young quarterback's uh interception uh rate currently stands at, but I'm pretty sure it's high. Um and this is definitely, it seems like one of those scenarios for that Bill Belichick defense to really thrive. Uh, but again, it's hard for me to feel confident in it because they haven't really shown it this season. So I don't have a feeling in this game either way. If I had to, if you, you know, put a bat to the back of my head and say pick something, uh, I would probably take the Patriots, but I, I don't feel comfortable about it either way. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't touch the seventh. That just, I mean, you saw this Patriots team once again, you know, two weeks ago uh, versus Davis Mills, who has been terrible and was, you know, not good again last week. The only good game he's had uh, was versus Patriots defense. So, you know, coming off a bye, I, I don't like that. And it, it's just sort of, uh, do I want they to played take the, it, They played each other way too, right? Who, the Jets? The Jets and the Patriots? Yeah, I think so. So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's the game where the Patriots turned to, or the Patriots forced four turnovers, right? Yeah, they did. Uh, but if you remember, the offense couldn't score points. Uh, yeah, it, but <laughs> like I said, that offense has been getting better. Yeah, I, I'm still not. I'm still not sold either yeah, way. I, I don't know. Don't try I'm to just, sell yourself on the Patriots. I'm trying, man. <laughs> I, I'm trying. It's just it's 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 a really rough You're week. You're gonna be it watching really the. Uh, Mac Jones throw half yard passes to Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson and be like, look, his completion percentage is good. <laughs> they can dunk passes all game long. Yeah, I don't I don't know. This is a really rough week, man. I think we're gonna have a really hard time here. The the thing I will say, I, I did look at this total 42 and a half. Uh New England has been kind uh on unders this year. Um and they've bounced this thing back up. Uh, you know, they were dropping around in that 39 range. They've bounced this one back up to 42 and a half, uh, probably because they think both quarterbacks are going <laughs> to give up defensive touchdowns. But uh, if, if we were trying to find something uh, from each, you know, game here, I, I think the total under 42 and a half would be what I stared at most here. Well, I'm going to put that down in our maybe column then which is the second thing we have on our maybe column. All right. Uh, are you ready for the next one? <laughs> I mean, I guess so. I, I'm sorry I have to read this, but uh, Carolina <laughs> is uh, going to the New York Giants here. Uh, Carolina is a three-point favorite. Total sits at uh, 43. First half, one and a half for Carolina. Uh, total sits at uh, 21 and a half. Um no Christian McCaffrey, um, which uh, pretty much scares me off Carolina, especially from what I've seen the last couple weeks. Um, I'm assuming Daniel Jones is playing in this one, though uh, from what I saw last week, I'm not sure he should be playing in this one. Uh, Tony's out. Uh, Galladay's questionable, but I think he might be active, but uh, I, I don't know how healthy he'll be. Um it's just the Giants are going to be bad again. 
It's whether you think Carolina's defense can shut the Giants down and how much you trust, uh, you know, Carolina's Sam back there. Uh, Where are you sitting on this one? Uh, I was a hard pass on this because I wasn't about to jump on Carolina's three-point road favorites uh, considering they haven't been good uh, since... (laughs) McCaffrey went out, but uh, there was no way I was touching the Giants after uh, what I saw last week. Yeah, I, listen, you're totally correct in you know having uh, second thoughts and taking Carolina as a road favorite. Uh, even though I think we both kind of really like this Carolina team, uh, especially when they're completely healthy. But Carolina is 0-3 without McCaffrey. Uh, and it, you can tell how much of an impact losing him really was. You know, they've had some decent, you know, contributions from the running backs, but it still does make up for what McCaffrey brings to the table. Uh, with that being said, you saw the way this Giants team played last week. They they really played their hearts out on defense, you know, for that first quarter, and then they got completely blown out of the water. Uh, I really expect Carolina to win this game. I think they're just a better football team right now. I don't think that, you know, Daniel Jones should probably be playing right now, especially since uh, you know, he suited up last week and took quite a few hits. And you saw the performers really take a deep dive when, you know, this Rams defense is okay, but they're not a great defense. And, and for them to really turn the ball over as many times as they did, um, I think was more of a testament to Daniel Jones not being 100% than it was to that Rams defense being completely a shutdown defense. Um, so I, I think Carolina pulls it off here, but uh, I'm definitely hesitant in taking them as a road favorite. Uh, especially with the way they've performed without McCaffrey. So uh, if I had to pick, I'd go Carolina. But again, to me, this is one of those that we have to find something for the maybe column. Yeah. Uh, Carolina would be maybe my lean, but I have no interest in the three. I I, I can sell you on, you know, some BS stats to make it look. Uh, like the uh, first half, Carolina is okay. Uh, Carolina's defense ranks uh, number two in first half DVOA. Uh, the New York Giants offense ranks number 30. Uh, Carolina's offense uh, ranks 17 in DVOA in the first half. Carolina's defense ranks 20. Uh, so Carolina's been a really good first half team here, especially defensively. Uh, that being said, they got down about 28 to 7 <laughs> last week. <laughs> so, you know, th- that trend and numbers were very good at the start of the season when we had a full healthy Christian McCaffrey offense and a full healthy uh, Carolina defense Uh, but they did play well in that first half in that Dallas game Uh, so maybe there's a little bit something there uh, with the uh, first half number on Carolina at one and a half Uh, that's basically they just have to uh, win the first half and uh, it, it goes home a winner there what do you think of that one uh, you know i kind of like that one is that is that going to be our first mutual i thought we had the dolphins first mutual on gut oh uh, we are we going with the dolphins we're going with the dolphins uh okay i didn't write that one down let me write that one down before we keep going judging um, by our guts uh we should uh lean on them heavily and uh ride two and a half dolphins as our first mutual are they plus two and a half Plus two and a half. Okay. And so this would be our second one? Our second one is first half uh, Carolina minus one and a half. Okay. 
All right. Uh, these were exciting picks. Uh, money is going to be placed heavily on uh, these bets here. All right. Uh, next <laughs> up, uh, at least this is a good game. I will say, in theory, uh, the spread does uh, not uh, put a lot of theory on the Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. Six and a half for the Baltimore Ravens here. Total sits at 46 and a half. Uh, first half sits at uh, three and a half. Total sits at uh, 23 and a half. Uh, I, I think this basically comes down to how much you believe in the Bengals here. Uh, I think this line is a little bloated uh, off of last week's, uh, you know, blasting of the chargers for baltimore um so if i said there was value one way or the other i would say the values in cincinnati uh but uh, i'm not a huge proponent of taking cincinnati on the road in baltimore even if i do think this team's uh an okay football team i'm curious your take on this game you know, my issue with this particular game, it feels to me like Baltimore this season has really played up to the level of its opponents. If they play against a good team, they play really good ball. If they play against a bad team, it looks like they're playing good ball, but it's only because they're being competitive with the poor team. Um, even with all that being said, Cincinnati has been playing some really good football. Uh, they've really gone under the radar so far this season. They've played against some pretty tough competition and they've held their own. Um you know, they haven't won every single game, but they've been competitive in just about every one. Uh, I think that this game would probably be a lot closer than people anticipate, but I do foresee Baltimore being a divisional opponent and all taking off as the game progresses towards the end of the, of the you know, of regulation. So even though it's a high spread, you know, and I, them being at home, I kind of like Baltimore uh, to win by a touchdown on this one. Um They've obviously shown that they're one of the top teams in the league, even though they seem to play to their opponent's strength. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I can sort of see that. But, you know, I, I just think this Cincinnati defense is legit. And, and you know, stats and numbers back it up. Uh, they're the number five overall ranked defense in total DVOA. Baltimore is actually below them at 14. So, uh, you know, now Baltimore's played, you know, a little bit more difficult offenses. But, uh, you know... It just seems this Cincinnati defense is legit enough to slow this Ravens team down enough, and I'd be scared that Cincinnati makes, you know, enough big enough plays to get with inside this number. I do think Baltimore is the winner here, and I think, you know, blowout potential uh, definitely leans towards Baltimore, uh, you know, a lot more here because, you know, Maybe Cincinnati is that good, bad team where they can just beat up on, uh, you know, the riffraff of the league. I think this is their first real, real step-up game. I guess you could call that Green Bay game, uh, you know, a a step-up game. They covered that one, but uh, I thought Green Bay dominated that game and sort of fell asleep, uh, you know, there in the second half. If they wanted that to be a blowout, I think Green Bay uh, could have blown that out, which sort of points back to our point in uh, talking about our first game where uh, you don't really like Green Bay with large spreads. I I trust Baltimore a little bit more with a large spread, but – you know, I, I'm just sort of buying this Bengals team. I, I you know, I, I've been against them a couple times this year and, and just been burnt one too many times where it's not even where I watch the game and I'm going, oh, Cincinnati's, you know, getting a freak play here, a freak play there. They're just good enough to play with a lot of these teams. So that six and a half just scares me uh, way, way too much. 
Now, I will say this. I do have some some action on this game. Um, but it's again, this is a gut feeling. I wouldn't recommend people to to take any action on this game. I think this is just let's sit back, enjoy this game and, and division opponents, you know, and see where the chips let the chips fall. So, what's that? I'm sorry, I keep messing up saying today. I'm I worked a, a pretty long shift and uh, I'm a little uh, on the tired side here, but let the chips fall where they may, as they say. Um, I think this is going to be a quite entertaining game. As I mentioned earlier, I think that it's going to be tied going into the third quarter, but I think that the talent level in quarterbacks is what's going to really make the difference in this one. And it won't happen until late in that game. That's how I see it happening. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, all right. We can mark it down as a maybe uh, for you on the Baltimore side of things. And, uh, See if we can uh, find a, a couple others. We got two down. We got three to go. Uh, and uh, I, the back end here uh, somehow manages to get worse than the front end. Uh, I'm not quite sure how that uh, works out, but uh, it does. I will say the next game we're talking about, uh, I, I like. Uh, I, I'm very prepared to be disappointed in, uh, but the Philadelphia Eagles go to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Raiders are three-point favorites here. Total sits at 49, first half at 2.5. Uh, total sits at uh, 23.5. I like the Raiders here, minus 3. Um, you know, I, I think this Philadelphia defense is poor, so I think the Raiders will be able to hit their explosive plays. Now, uh, Philly's been really, really... Uh, Pretty solid against the spread, especially backdoor covering a lot of stuff and uh, scoring points late. But, uh, you know, I, I like this Raiders team this week, uh, thinking they can score a lot of points on the Eagles here, um, and they can keep that momentum going. I, I think uh, at some point they'll drop off, but I, I think this week they keep that momentum going. Uh, you know, that being said, I I'm highly prepared to be disappointed by the Raiders. Uh, but this was the, one of the one of the games that I signaled out is, uh, you know, I think the Raiders are more than three points better uh, than the Eagles. I, I think this line probably should shit at five or six, and uh, I think we're getting a bargain here at three. I mean, if that's how you feel, when I was looking at the game, I, I had a – I had an inkling that I would probably end up taking the Raiders in this one, just simply based off their performance last week. I felt that they had a chance to really come out flat after all the drama that was going on with the team, yet they came out and they played really tough and they actually um, played a lot better than I thought they would have. Uh, I do have some concerns whether that was a one-week type of deal or if they can keep this momentum going um, further into the season. If we were to go base just solely based off their performance on the field this season. I would say this is an easy cover because they've played well so far this season, but there is that, you know, that inkling of, you know, will this drama actually affect this team in the long term? And maybe it will, maybe it won't. I don't know. I, I can't predict that, but I, I didn't take him in my personal picks even though, like I said, when I looked at the game, I had a feeling that the Raiders could easily cover this one. So, I think this is probably going to be our third game. Um, just because how confident you felt in it just opening up, I think we're going to go with the Raiders on this one. Yeah, I, I think this is a good bet here. And, uh, you know, if my read's right and the Raiders uh, do dominate this game, uh, this was uh, my easiest one of the week. Now that, you know, I, I say that and I'm prepared for 
stunner out in Vegas, uh, Philadelphia, off to a 28-7 start here or something. And, uh, no. you know, I, I, I've had enough of the Raiders' life uh, pretty much my whole life uh, to know how this goes every time you trust them, uh, then they uh, crush your soul. So I'm already prepared for the soul crusher here. Uh, but when I look at this uh, team for team here, I just think this Raiders team uh, is a better team than the Eagles. And certainly at home, minus three, I think we're getting value. Now, I will tell you this before we uh, move on to the next one. I know they're different teams, especially the Eagles, but the Eagles have won three out of the last four when they've uh, matched up against the Raiders. So if they somehow manage to pull it off again, don't be shocked. The numbers are on their side. Or Terrell Pryor and Donovan McNabb play quarterback. <laughs> Did you look up the year and dates? <laughs> I, I, I think I think Michael Vick was even in one of those. So Vince Young was manning the, or was it the Carson Palmer Raider team that was? Carson Paul, oh gosh. Oh, did you? Oh, Jamarcus Russell was probably involved in somewhere in there. Whatever happened to Jamarcus Russell? Uh, he got addicted to the syrup and uh, uh, That's had right. some issues. And put on, put on some weight, right? <laughs> uh, I, I think he might be somewhat okay now, but uh, I, I do remember him having some uh, syrup issues. <laughs> This is uh, it's perfect uh, time of the year for a comeback here. That's that's codeine syrup, uh, not uh, you know Aunt Jemima uh, syrup. Uh, I'm addicted to the Aunt Jemima. We probably oh wait, it's not, it's, not Aunt Aunt it's not Aunt Jemima anymore. anymore. I apologize. It's Pearl Milling Company, I believe. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound worse. <laughs> the plantation that uh, Aunt Jemima worked at is uh, so much better. Listen, I, I, I'm just trying to keep track of everything that's changing here. It's, this world is changing quite quickly, and uh, the older I get, uh, the slower I am to adjusting to it. No, the the codeine syrup is uh, what uh, Jamarcus, though, uh, judging by his weight, uh, he might have been addicted to both. So uh, <laughs> maybe he mixed them. Uh, we're gonna get in trouble this week. I'm fat shaming people and uh, saying uh, illegal no. company names. <laughs> You can't you can't say you're fat shaming something. I mean, come on. You know, it's been it's it's been a few days since I hit the gym. Let's just say that. Also, uh, I'm addicted to Aunt Jemima syrup as well. Uh, and uh, I could I, be drinking water. If I could be rich, I'd probably be addicted to the codeine syrup as well. But uh, too expensive. In the present state, uh, I I have to work too much and don't have enough money to be addicted to uh, fun things like that. All right. Uh, uh. All right, uh, we've gotten off track here, and because uh, we, we have no picks, that's what. Because that, we have no picks. If we had, if we had picks, we wouldn't even be talking about syrup or syrup or whatever. All right, uh, this next one should be a fun one to do. Uh, Detroit Lions at the Los Angeles Rams, uh, sixteen and a half. Uh, they aren't going to let you put your money line Rams into any more games. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, this total, is horrible. <laughs> total sits at uh, 50 and a half, first half, eight and a half. Uh, total sits at uh, 26 and a half here. Uh, I, I don't quite know what analysis to do on this game. Uh, one team bad, 
one team good. Uh, 16 and a half is ridiculous. I do not take uh, 16 and a half point lines in NFL games. I don't care who it is. Um, so the Rams are out on that side of things. Uh, the Lions are out after they uh, totally uh, disgraced me uh, last week and got rolled up by the Bengals uh, by said 16 and a half point spread. Uh, so <laughs> you give me some sort of insight here that uh, makes me want to do something on this game. Uh, you know, the only thing that I'm probably taking in this game, other than that money line bet, which I, I spoke about earlier, um, I'm probably going to take the under in this one. It sits at 50 and a half right now. And I know that the Rams is a very explosive offense. They could put up a lot of points. You know, I could totally see them putting up a good 34, 35 points on their own. Um, but what makes me confident in this under is the fact that they're playing against Detroit and Detroit has had a really tough time getting things going on offense. Um, as poor as I think the Rams defense has been playing this year, they really haven't been poor. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm still suffering from the effects of last season's team, which was, you know, one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, and because they're not playing up to that standard, it feels like they're playing poorly. Um, they're more of a bend and don't break type of defense. They'll let you get a yard, but they won't give up points. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I feel confident in taking this under. Uh, I think that the Rams can put up points on them. Um, I think that the Lions are going to have a hard time. And I don't know how this, you know, return to L.A., return to face you know, your former coach, McVay, is going to go. Uh, but I think that Stafford will probably relish facing his old team, uh, especially, you know, when he's got this shiny new car that he's been uh, driving around these last couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, it. I, I will say it helps your bend but don't break defense. Uh, when you play the Giants and Lions in back-to-back uh, -back weeks, you, you don't have to bend nor break. You basically <laughs> just have to stand uh, upright. <laughs> hey, listen, I got a feeling that the Rams defense is going to move up the charts uh, after this week. Yeah, I know. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, I, I could get with you on the under. I, I thought that was a little high. Uh, the only thing that makes me a little nervous – you know, uh, you said it, and you've seen Detroit. They tend to score a, a handful of late touchdowns. So if the Rams get to 35, which is about what I'm guessing, that's, you know, in and around where they got to in the Giants game, uh, you have a margin of a, about two touchdowns there. I assume the Lions get one touchdown somewhere. Uh, they get a field goal in there and then tack on that cheapy extra touchdown and end up at you know 17 somewhere and we get ruined uh but yeah the under 50 and a half uh, i thought looked uh pretty pretty good here uh definite value uh the only worry would be one the rams want to rack up a bunch of fancy offensive numbers as well uh especially versus a team that has like no secondary right now so uh uh i i'm uh if you want to take a, a player prop that I've already hit and uh, take that to Deshaun Jackson, uh, I, I'm looking for his one catch 80-yard uh, play uh, this week. It <laughs> might be two catches for uh, 160. Yeah, the Lions are definitely susceptible to giving up big plays over the air, so that's definitely something to keep an eye on uh, if you're looking for a little side bet. Um, and the Rams also have had a tendency so far this season to go for a big play early on in the, in the, in the game. Um, especially when they receive the ball first, they tend to go for a deep shot on their first play um, and versus this Lions defense, unfortunately. Um, it could be one of those, uh, you know, really productive games for Deshaun Jackson. All right. Uh, we, we can put the uh, total 50 and a half. Uh, 
we can mark it down as a mutual or we could just put it to the side and see if we uh, like anything in these uh, next couple games uh, here. I'll put, it in, I'll put it in the maybe column and then we'll see afterwards. All right, uh, next up, Houston Texans, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, if the last line wasn't ridiculous enough, this one uh, somehow is even more ridiculous. Uh, Arizona 17.5-point favorites here over the Houston Texans. Total sits at 47.5, first half at minus 10, uh, total at 24. Uh, I, I don't know at what point Arizona uh, became a team where I'd even fathom a 17 and a half point spread. Uh, but uh, once again, I'm not fathoming this. So uh, Arizona is a total cross off. Uh, Houston uh, on the road versus Arizona. I'm not real keen on. Uh, so uh, you tell me something you like here other than one team good, one team bad. <laughs> There's not really much I like out of this, this game. You know, the Cardinals are probably leaps and shoulders. They're so much better than this Houston team. Um, and I know that spread is ridiculous, and I wouldn't take it, and I wouldn't recommend anybody take it. But I can totally see the Cardinals definitely covering this. Um, their offense has been pretty much on a different level, even though I tend to hate on them here and there because of their style of offense, their style of play. I'm not a huge fan of it. This will be the one they been, lose. <laughs> yeah, this this will be the game they lose. Yeah, that's exactly how, how it would pan out for us. But, you know, this Houston team has been struggling. Um, their brightest spot, you know, other than, you know, the, the week one where they played really well has been their running game. The running game hasn't been horrible, but going up against this Cardinals defense, which seems to be getting better week by week, um, I wouldn't expect much from this Houston team. I could totally see another goose egg here from this Houston team and, doesn't bode well for a lot of these uh, these these open bets, whether it's the over under or uh, the spread. Uh, I'm just not taking anything here. I think this is uh, uh, basically like a bye week for these Cardinals, and we'll probably see backups pretty early in that game. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I, I'm just uh, I, I'm a pass on this. I, I don't like the total in this one because. Uh, at 47 and a half, that's lower than the 50 and a half in the other one. And, uh, you know, I think Arizona has more of a chance of wanting to run up the score than the Rams do. And I do think, you know, whereas the Rams, you got, you got a really, really good defense. Now the Arizona defense has been really, really good. Uh, but I do think they can be had a little bit more than the uh, Rams defense. So that total going over under, I'm, I'm just a cross off on, cause I, I don't know where this game goes, and it's hard to predict where games go when you know it's going to be a blowout. That's, you know, the hard part. You're trying to analyze and be like, how is this going to play out? But when it's 28-7 to in the third quarter, it's going to play out like an exhibition game and no one cares. And uh, <laughs> they're either going to all be in agreement and run out the clock or they're all going to try to get stats uh, so they hit their contract numbers at the end of the year uh, to get bonuses. So, you know, predicting that stuff is just really, really hard to go by. Yeah, I'm not taking any action on this game. Uh, again, this has all the potential to be a complete blowout. And it just, even looking at that over-under, as you mentioned, to me, it would take Arizona scoring... 95% of those points for it to be close either way. So uh, I'm not taking any action on this. Yeah. 
All right, uh, so we managed to get out of the uh, teens here in the uh, spread-wise, but the Chicago Bears go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 12-point spread in this one, total at 47. Uh, first half at minus 7, total at 24.5. I will say of the big spreads, uh, this one I liked a little bit uh, more for Chicago here. Um, you know, they played last year. It was that famous, uh, you know, uh, Brady uh, throwing away the ball on fourth down and then holding up the uh, four down fingers and thinking uh, it was third down, not fourth down. Uh, so, you know, I, I think the Bears team plays this one tough. Um, uh, I think their defense does things to Brady that he doesn't like and uh, tends to not want to stick in that pocket in regular season games. So I, I thought the 12 uh, was a bit high here. Uh, I think put the Bears uh, ahead of teams like, you know, Detroit and Texans. I think they're in a totally different class here. So I think that 12 is a little bit high for me. I, I like the Bears in this one getting 12 points. I don't think they can win, but I think this defense can mess with uh, Brady. Uh, this Bears team beat them last year. It's pretty much exact same other than Fields at quarterback. Uh, God knows who was playing quarterback at that time. I don't think it was Trubisky. It was if they won, if they won, it had to be Trubisky. It was probably yeah. Nick Foles, for God's sakes, or <laughs> something worse. Uh, so, uh, what do you think of this one? You know, I think this, as you mentioned, I, I didn't like this game just because the spread was so high. But I didn't really think about it in terms of taking Chicago here. Um, and I think you're right. You know, we've noticed so far this season that Tampa Bay hasn't really had the defense they had last season. Um, I know they've been a little nicked up and they've, you know, had some setbacks, but overall it's pretty much the same team and they still haven't played the same way they did last year. Now the offense has definitely been playing a lot better than they did last year. They, they seem to be on pace to what that playoff team was playing like. Um, but Chicago, listen, they got some playmakers on defense. You're talking about Robert Quinn, I believe, the Ogletrees there also. Um, you know, they have some big guys up in that in that front line that can really cause some trouble and wreck some havoc for for Brady and the, and the gang. And, you know, I, I think that there's no way that the Bucs lose this game. Okay, I, I'll come out and say that. But I think that the Bears can do enough on both offense versus a weak Tampa Bay defense and on defense, you know, with the playmakers that they have to keep it close. And as you mentioned, what the line is at 12, right? Uh, yes, 12. I think this is a game where, you know, with, with such slim pickings out there, you know, I think this is probably one that we have to consider. You know, you like the Bears. I didn't think about it, but as you tar start talking about it, it made a lot of sense to me. So I I'm totally down for taking the Bears if you are. Yeah, uh, the other thing is Antonio Brown's out. Uh, Rob Gunkrowski's out on that side of thing. Uh, once again, uh, the Tampa Bay corners are pretty much all gone. Sherman's been ruled out. They might get uh, Antonio Winfield Jr. in this game, but uh, he's questionable off a of concussion. But uh, judging uh, by a concussion protocol that I've seen this year, uh, basically if He'll you— play. You can stand upright and <laughs> you're allowed to go back on the field. Uh, but so I, I do think the uh, Bears present decent value here at 12. I went back and looked at the box score. It was large package. Uh, Nick Foles uh, taking uh, control of the uh, offense here. So, uh, so uh, Bears won last year, 2019, uh, with Nick Foles manning the helm. And it wasn't even good David Montgomery. He only had 10 for carries for 29 yards. Uh, so, 
you know, they didn't even have really good uh, running back play in this game. Uh, and the guy who's been backing up, uh, you know, David Montgomery, has been pretty solid. Uh, so uh, I, I just like the 12 here. I, I think that's pretty good value. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think this is a game we have to put down, especially with such slim pickings out there. Yeah, definitely so. All right, so uh, we got another one in the books here. Is that three or is that four? That's four. All right, two games left, one uh, game to find our five mutuals. Indianapolis Colts versus San Francisco 49ers. Uh, 49ers minus four here. Total sits at 43 and a half. First half at uh, minus three. Uh, total sits at uh, 21 and a half. Uh, honestly, I, I was shocked uh, Niners four uh, points in this one. I know they're coming off a bye, but what have the Niners proven so far this year that they're, you know, four points better than the Colts? I, you know, right now, from what I've seen, these two teams are somewhat similar. Uh, QBs that can't stay healthy, uh, defenses who sort of play hot and cold in spurts, and uh, just uh, I, I didn't get the four totally here. Uh, I, I'm curious your thoughts. I mean, I've got written down. I actually, when I was looking at the spread, I was shocked. As you mentioned, I know the Niners are coming off of a bye week, and I know that the Niners are considered to be a pretty good team, but they haven't lived up to the expectations so far this season. I know they've been banged up and they've dealt with injuries, but this Colts team hasn't been bad over the last couple of weeks. We saw Wentz really kind of come into his own, um, you know, over the last few weeks. That running attack is, is pretty legit. I, I would say that, it's a pretty scary running attack because they can attack you on the ground or, you know, through the air. Uh, they're very versatile in that backfield. Um, and the Colts defense has been picking up their play. They, they're not as good as they were last year, but they have been playing better. Um, I don't know how much of that is the opponents. I don't know how much of that is, you know, scheming, but I kind of like the Colts here plus four. I know that they're on the road um, and the Niners are coming off of a bye week, but, I just based off the way both teams have been playing, I kind of like the culture at plus four. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And, you know, you mentioned it. Indianapolis defense on uh, total DVOA is 17. San Francisco's defense on total DVOA is 12. Indy's offense is 15. San Francisco's offense is 10. You know, th those are minuscule, you know, uh, divisions there, you know. So I, I just, you know, I don't know. Uh, especially since I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I'm assuming uh, Garoppolo might play. He's questionable, uh, but that tells me he's probably not a hundred percent healthy. If we're getting Trey Lance in this and it's minus four, I think the value totally uh, flips towards the Colts here. And even with Garoppolo, I, I'm not a hundred percent sold that. Uh, the Niners are that much better. So I like the plus four here, too. I, I do think the uh, Colts will be able to get their running game and play-action game going. I thought their, uh, you know, offenses looked uh, better and better, uh, you know, week after week. So uh, And there's a good chance we're getting Trey Lance here. So I, I like this uh, Colts at uh, plus four here. I, I think I mean, this is off a little bit. Not to mention the fact that, you know, T.Y. came back last week and, you know, granted, he didn't look – great but you know for a guy who's been out as long as he's been out I thought he looked pretty good um and, and you can only assume that you know a week later he's gonna get slightly better so adding that dynamic of that you know that 
fast, speedy wide receiver on the outside can only open up things for those running backs, which have already been playing pretty good. So I, like I said, I like the Colts in this one at plus four. Yeah. Uh, before we flip and call, mark the Colts down as our fifth one, I wanted to get in the other game and see if you liked that one a little bit better. Cause uh, you know, this spread through me a little bit saints at Seattle, uh, Seattle's four and a half point, uh, uh, underdogs at home here. Uh, total sits at 42 and a half. First half sits at uh, two and a half. Total sits at uh, 21 and a half in the first half. Uh, you know, I, I get it. Geno Smith's the quarterback, uh, but what has New Orleans done so far this year that they're four and a half point road favorites in Seattle? Seattle's already lost two home games. I, I find it really difficult to believe that they're going to lose three straight home games. Uh, so I thought there was value in the four and a half for the Seattle Seahawks here. Yes, Geno Smith, I get it, but he's shown the ability to stay in games. They haven't won games. That Steelers game could have gone either way. Uh, the Rams game you mentioned was on the table, and and uh, they were driving down till that interception. So you know, I'm curious what you think of that one. Yeah, you know, it's a similar type of situation as the San Francisco one. I think that Seattle's being a little bit, you know, uh, undervalued here. And the reason being is Geno Smith hasn't been horrible. You saw him last week. You know, numbers weren't, you know, astronomical or anything like that. But he he was efficient. And that running attack really came alive. Um, defensively, you know, they made a few plays. But they also had a few lapses, which is one of the reasons why they lost that game. Uh, but it was close. And you're talking about a Saints team that's been very Jekyll and Hyde this season. We don't know whether we're getting Jekyll. We know whether we're getting Hyde. And I think that if we knew um, which team we're getting, I'd feel a little more comfortable. My only uh, concern here is that Saints defense. Yeah. I feel like that Saints defense has a bunch of playmakers on there. They're probably not uh, – Pittsburgh's probably a much better defensive unit as a whole. But – I think the Saints defense has more playmakers. Uh, they, they'll they'll make plays. They'll cause turnovers. They'll, they'll score touchdowns on defense, and that's the only part that gives me a little bit of pause. Um, you know, the coach he, he's a very creative coach offensively, but he sneakily does some really good defensive schemes also. And, and that's the only part that concerns me. There is that you know Geno Smith is coming in here and, and he's going to get caught off guard by. Um, some sneaky plays on defense. That's the only thing that gives me pause. But I, I do like the the Seahawks here, uh, especially uh, getting points. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it. Uh, New Orleans defense in total DVOA ranked third uh, so far this year. They they've been really really good on defense, uh, which is why you you know win games. The other thing here is, uh, are we trusting Jameis to go on the road in Seattle and win games? And honestly speaking. How much really is there a difference between Geno Smith and Jameis Winston? If Geno Smith was the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, uh, would their record be that much different? What has Jameis brought that uh, Geno doesn't do? You know, he can make some really, really high leverage plays, and and uh, then occasionally uh, he makes really bad turnovers, uh, which seems to be Jameis Winston in a nutshell. I can guarantee you one thing. I'm pretty sure Geno Smith has never ate a W before. <laughs> All right. Uh, so which of these do you like better? Do you like the Seahawks getting four and a half at home, or do you like the Colts getting four uh, on the uh, road here? Uh, I, I think that'll be our fifth and final one. 
Honestly, I'm torn. I, I think that I'm going to leave this one up to you uh, like I did with that Lions game last week. Uh, the Lions game that I let you pick last week. Um, All right. <laughs> I'm going to let you pick it because, uh, honestly, I'm torn. You know, on one hand, you got Seahawks at home. You know, they got 12th man, which is obviously a huge boost to that team. Um, and then you have the defense of the Saints, which gives me a little pause. On the other side, you have uh, Carson Wentz, who's been playing a lot better with T.Y., you know, back in the fold again. And then you have a Niners team that could play good, and they're coming off of a bye. So I, I think they're pretty even, so I'm going to leave this one up to you. Let's go with the Colts here, and uh, then uh, if they win, we can start uh, teasing Dynamite about the Colts uh, winning this division. <laughs> you see, that's just more incentive for me to take the Colts. I, I'm more of a spite better in what I can hold over other people's heads <laughs> than uh, actually wanting to cash in and win money. Uh, I'm right there with you, especially this week. All right, bud. So those are our five uh, picks. Why don't you recap them for us? Because you've been writing them down. Of course. Uh, we have the Dolphins at plus two and a half. We have Carolina at minus one and a half for the first half of the game. We have the Raiders at minus three. The Bears at plus 12 and the Colts at plus four. Ah, nothing like a bunch of middling teams in the teens as our bets. <laughs> at least we're getting points in most of them. Uh, all right, bud. That's our mutuals, our five mutuals. Let's get into our real picks on the week. How many picks you got for us this week? I'm going to go reluctantly. I, I want to go on the record. Reluctantly, I'm going with six. Well, uh, we must be on the same wavelength because I'm reluctantly with six here. And uh, I, I was going to send you a text. Uh, can I do one? <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, I had I had one pick. That's what I had. And I was like, I oh, know I got to do more than one. Can't go with one. So uh, everybody, one is the actual pick. Uh, six <laughs> is a pick. So we produce content for you on our football time show. <laughs> Now I won't come out and and you know and publicly announce which one was my one pick, uh, just in case it doesn't hit. But <laughs> uh, but I'm going with six. I am going with six as well. But there is one, uh, maybe winning daily on Sunday. If you uh, watch, I, I might give you my one real pick that uh, I'm gonna lay actual big money on and the rest uh, I'm going to put token figures on because uh, we run a gambling show and I feel it necessary that uh, I, I feel like I actually gamble on these. <laughs> All right. What do you got for us first? All right. I'll kick us off. Uh, now this one is definitely just a gut feeling um, and maybe a little bit of wanting revenge, uh, but I'm going to take Kansas City at minus four, uh, four and a half versus Tennessee. Is that your one? Are you are you going to the casino no, today no. to collect the big ticket on the Kansas City Chiefs? No, no, uh, I'm not. I don't feel comfortable at all with that pick. But uh, like I said, it's just a gut feel. I think you should cash out the mortgage check, head up to Harris, get that ticket, and send the big photo to Dynamite David so he he knows you're serious this week. He's still listen. He's still gloating about that uh, that Monday night game. Um, and I, I'm still crying, to be honest with you. So, no, I won't be doing that. Or uh, wait till after the game's over, and then if it wins, send him uh, a ticket. Uh, we, there you go. That's, that's we've a got some former workmates who like to show fake uh, sports book tickets. <laughs> up there, oh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's been a few here and there. <laughs> All right. Uh, first up for me, I'm going with the Miami Dolphins plus two and a half. Uh, you mentioned guts. Uh, mine's growing with each day, so I'm learning to trust it. 
I'm going with the Miami Dolphins plus two and a half here. I like that one. <laughs> For my second pick, I am going with Carolina minus three at the New York Giants. Ooh, Carolina minus three. All right, uh, you're going to like this one. The wife is not going to like this one. I'm sorry. Uh, New York Jets plus the seven uh, here uh, over in the New England Patriots. Uh, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, let's see if the Jets can uh, cover a seven-point spread this week. See, now I kind of wish I would have picked the seventh one and picked the Patriots just so we had a head-to-head here. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I'm going with my third pick here, um, and that's Baltimore minus six and a half versus Cincinnati. All right, uh, I'm on the same with you, but I'm going Baltimore first half minus three and a half here. Uh, I'm not trusting this six and a half enough. Uh, I, I think they get up on them, so I'm going first half three and a half for Baltimore Let's see. in that game. Uh, for my next pick, I actually have the Colts uh, getting four points at the 49ers. All right. Next up for me, Las Vegas Raiders minus three over the Philadelphia Eagles. For my fifth pick, I am taking the under at 50 and a half points in the Lions and Rams game. All right. Uh, rooting for no points in that game. Uh, I hope they win 13 nothing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Chicago Bears, uh, plus a 12 versus Tampa Bay Bucks. We already talked about this one. I, I just think this is too many points for a Bears team that uh, does things Brady's not going to like uh, in regular season. He'll, he'll be throwing some uh, worm burner ground balls uh, out of that pocket pretty quick to avoid getting sacked there. Uh, for my sixth and final pick, I am taking the under at 48 and a half in the Washington and Green Bay Packer game. All right, uh, last up for me, Seattle Seahawks, plus four and a half. Uh, too many points at home in Seattle. They aren't going to lose three straight at home. Uh, so uh, those are our picks. Be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, get all our content, our college football content, with the aforementioned Dynamite David, our Picks and preview show broke yesterday. Don't want to miss that. Our NBA preview show is still up there. You want to get in on good NBA action. Lakers again tonight. Are we going to get a Lakers win? Uh, I, I really hope so because uh, that first game, oof, kind of disappointing. I feel bad for Anthony Davis. Uh, he's having to guard five people, uh, which is very interesting, but uh, should be a fun season. Be sure to look at our NBA coverage and winning daily. Of course, you don't want to miss that to miss all our picks and parlays through the week. That's our show. Achilles, where can we find you? Uh, as always, you can find that dude Achilles on Twitter at TD Achilles. Uh, really quick, just want to give a shout out to Lux Nova, the wifey. Uh, happy anniversary, baby. Uh, and uh, we'll be hitting the casino. All right. Big money night in the Achilles household. That's our show, and we're out.